angels and demons. To those that were not in the last week, uh, I'll just do a tour of the scriptures only. Uh, we looked at Ephesians 6 verse 10, uh, Colossians 1 verse 16, Jude 1 verse 9, Revelation 12 verse 7. These are the scriptures that we are looking at when we've got time, when we get back home. Uh, you marry whatever uh, exposition and expectations that are going to be presented to you with those scriptures and they're going to help you. And I'm going to continue with the attitude of angels and demons. The Bible says, angels, the amazing spirits, the Bible says, yes, set us a little bit lower than angels. But our responsibility is one day we are going to, to judge angels, which means angels, they are ministering spirits, and their responsibility is to minister to us and to minister to the saints of God. And I say that last week, every person has got a guardian angel. And as the name suggests, guardian angels, their responsibilities they are to guard our lives. So you don't need to be a Christian for you to have a guardian angel. You have a guiding angel because God created you. So you don't need to be called by God to be a guiding that you have a guiding angel. Guiding angels, they are there because God allows them to be there. Come on, shout angels, shout demons. Shout angels, shout demons. Shout angels, shout demons. In Jesus' mighty name. So let's look at uh, the scripture that's going to help us to maybe continue with our, 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 our deliberations. Colossians 2 14 to 15. Colossians 2 14 to 15. Colossians 2 14 to 15. I'm going to take it from here. The Bible says, Having cancelled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the not bond with its legal decrees and demons, which was enforced and stood against us, and that was hostile to us. This not, with its regulations, decrees and demands, he set aside and played completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. His is Jesus Christ. 15. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were raged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it on the cross. For so this Apostle Paul was trying to paint a picture that is so vivid to us that there were words that were spoken to us but Jesus Christ took it upon himself, so, so, so which means uh, one of the assignments, apart from all the assignments that Jesus Christ had come to accomplish, was to take out every negative decree, demand or word spoken against you, nailed upon the cross. And uh, so when he was nailed upon the cross, it was not only a man that was nailed upon the cross, by the way, demands and decrees that demanded our lives, that demanded our faith that are going to hell upon the cross and we say demons, demons, demons are spirit beings. That is with the propensity to enter people, then they control people's behaviors. As I always tell you that life is not constant. 
life fluctuates, life is progressing. So if life was constant, demons were not going to have any opportunity to enter us. But the problem is life is not constant. You can reach out today feeling uh, uh, fed up for God. I wake up tomorrow with another sweet mood, psychologically speaking or physically speaking. So the devil takes that as an advantage to traffic in people's minds. Life is not constant financially. Life is not constant prayer life. Life is not constant prophetically, apostolically. Life is not constant in every aspect, angle, and latitude of it. So the devil takes advantage of that. That's why the Bible says, be aware of the small foxes that destroys the, the, the garden. So which means like there are small foxes that when you look at, they don't look like they are destructive, but they destroy the garden. So three uh, levels of dealing with uh, demons or demonic influences. Last week I gave you that casting out the devil, rebuking the devil and creating a lifestyle of moving the demonic spirits away from you, three. And I said that all empowerments of God comes through revelation knowledge. That's where I ended up. So Apostle Paul is books up and speaks about revelation knowledge. That is there anyone among you who lacks knowledge, who lacks revelation, let him pray from God, and that God is going to give him that revelational knowledge. So revelational knowledge when it's given to humanity, it's given to humanity for empowerment. When revelational knowledge is being released unto you, it's given unto you not only to know, but for empowerment. When revelational knowledge is given to the body of Christ, it's not given to the body of Christ. No, no, not only for the body of Christ to, 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 to be an apex of spirituality, but it's given to the body of Christ so that the body of Christ may be empowered. Can you please uh, switch off the volumes of the phones, please? Uh, so that's revelation knowledge. So when you are dealing with revelation knowledge, there are three elements that controls and governs revelation knowledge. Come on, somebody shout revelation knowledge. So these three elements are the ones that are going to look at, and we look at the structures that uh, we can look at. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 6, subsection 1, uh, it's now Isaiah who is saying that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Come on, somebody shout the Lord. Wow. And he's saying that above him there were seraphims. I want to show you the structure of God's kingdom and the structure of his divinity. In the year King Zion died, I saw the Lord. Let's go to, to, to the book of Isaiah 6, verse 1, so that we see the structure of the kingdom of God. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. So when God is sitting upon his throne right now, he's sitting upon his throne on the administrative disposition. He's sitting there so that he administers the affairs of the universe. That's the throne that Isaiah is talking about. He sits there so that he administers the affairs of humanity. And he said, high and lifted up. And the skirts of his train filled the temple, which is his glory. Then the Bible says, above him, come on, somebody shout, above him, not beside him, above him, he, he stood with the seraphims, each with six wings, 
with the two each covered its own face, with the two each covered his feet, and with the two each flew. So the throne of God is there where he is, uh, his responsibility is to administer the affairs of humanity. Above God, then we find the seraphims, and the seraphims, they are creatures that have got six wings. With the two, they cover their face. With the two, they flew. With the two, they covered their feet. Why are they covering their face? Because of the glory that is emitting from the throne of God. That's why God said unto Moses that you cannot see me and live again. So when the Bible is speaking about Lucifer, it says that you were the covering that was created by God. So what was Lucifer covering? Satan, before he became Satan, he was covering the light and the glory that comes from the throne of God. So that when it goes to other dimensions of angels, it goes there with the power that those angels have with the ability to contain. So if the power and the glory of God go to other angels and dimensions, direct from God's throne, angels they could die. So he was the covering, so he could create an opaque so that the glory can emit through him. So that's made him now to be so proud because whenever the light that comes from God's glory could emit through him, the residues of God's light would remain with him. That's why he was then called the angel of light. So whenever now the, the angel called Lucifer could now go in difference by dimensions of angels, they could see him with the glory. They could see him through the light of God. So the Bible saying now that these seraphims, they are above the throne of God, which means they are floating above the throne of God. They are, they are in cellar. That's why you find out that when death is writing, he sounds, whenever he writes the sound, he says cellar, which means pause. They are pausing or suspended upon God's throne, and the Bible says, and one cried to one another, said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. So this shows the structure of God's kingdom and the structure of God's administration. So God's administration is a hierarchical administration where we have angels, we have got his throne, we have got other angels that are sitting there and that are responsible for different aspects in life. So when now revelation knowledge is coming to you as I preach, you are a subject to revelation knowledge. You are a subject or you are a recipient to God's power, number one. You are a recipient to revelational knowledge. Revelational knowledge is not knowing scriptures. Scriptures, you may know scriptures, but there is a code that you have to use for you to get into the place of revelational knowledge. This is knowing and understanding the mysteries of God. So when a scripture comes to me, and when the scripture starts now to grow in me, as the world could grow in the city of Ephesus, then revelation only starts to come to me. You start now to know things that are not revealed to everybody. He said unto his disciples, it is given unto you to know such things, but to them it's not given. So revelational knowledge, come on, somebody shout, revelation knowledge. Revelation is governed now by three elements. Number one element that governs revelation knowledge is called chronos. 
Because reverend, relation knowledge is governed by the elements of time. So for you to move in a vineyard of relation knowledge, you must understand the time in which you are operating. So the first element of relation knowledge is called chronos. Chronos, which comes from the word chronological, which is the passing of time. So chronos is what gives us time. So a day with the Lord is like a thousand days. And it's like a thousand years, in fact, and a thousand years is like a day with the Lord. According to God's time, a day that we are in is like a thousand years. So when we are in our chronos, today is just one day. So that's the first element that governs revelation knowledge. So for you to pray the prayer that touches God, you pray it through revelation knowledge. For you to access the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is always accepted through revelation knowledge. For you to have favor with God, you can only have favor through revelation knowledge. For you to understand how the prophetic works, you have to have revelation knowledge. For you to understand the mysteries of God, you got to have revelation knowledge. For you to worship in a way in which angels and the heavens, they confirm your worship, you must move in revelation knowledge. Number two element that controls revelation knowledge is called Kairos. What is Kairos? Kairos is a moment where something hits you and your entire life shifts. So now, there are many things that are flying right now in the realm of the spirit. So when you're in your Kairos, you just feel a cheat. The power of God can reach you. You may not feel it physically, but it can hit your spirit and it can change the paradigm and the pedestal of your life. You walk out of this place, you were, you were, you were a, a, a Jacob that was a supplanter and a thief. When you walk out, you are a changed person. Why? Because of the chaos. You were a soul that was a weakling. But the moment you are in a prophetic kind of moment, you walked out a chance. The Bible says when Saul met the bent or the company of prophecy, he then started to prophesy with them. Then when you walked out of that company, he was then a changed person. That's Kairos. So when you come to the house of God, expect a Kairos moment. A Kairos moment is an opportune time that you find in a second. An opportune time that you find in a minute. An option time that you find in an hour, an option time that you can find when you're doing something. So you come to the house of God and then you then pray for 10 minutes. Within that 10 minutes, you can find your kairos and it can change everything about you from being an Abraham to Abraham, being an exalted father to be a father to many nations, from being a son, the chair of the church, to become the poor. The apostle of the church. That's the Kairos moment. Come on, somebody shout Kairos moment. Kairos moment. So, what happens with the Kairos moment? The, the, the advantage of operating at a Kairos moment is this. While you are sitting there, where you are sitting, and while you are standing, where I am standing, there are many fragments of spiritual blessings that are flying around us as we are sitting here. So, a Kairos moment helps you to capture those spiritual possibilities and fragments that are flying. If you cannot operate in, in, in a Kairos moment, you are not going to be able to capture things that are flying around your face. There are goodies, there are perfect gifts that are flying around you right now. 
There are good gifts that are flying around you. The Bible says, according to James, that uh, good and perfect gifts, they come from God. Which means you may be operating in a dimension of good gifts. Someone may be operating in a dimension of perfect gifts. A good gift is when I give you my house. Then I say, stay there for free, don't pay uh, rentals. That's a good gift. But a perfect gift is when I give you that house. A good gift is when I carry you with my car from here to Cape Town for free. But a perfect gift is when I give you that car. A good gift is when somebody proposes to marry you. But a perfect gift is that when that someone makes the commitment to really then pay your lawola and pay your, your, your price. A, 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 a good gift is when I go with you to Aratambo, then I show you the interior of a, 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 a 730 But a perfect gift is when I buy a ticket for you to go for shopping in Dubai. I don't know if I'm talking about this place. A good gift is when I give you my suit, then you go to a party with my suit. A perfect gift is when I present the suit unto you and I say it's yours now. A good gift is when I give you my child so that we may wake and react. But a perfect gift is when I relinquish and I say, this is your child, you can adopt my child that comes a perfect gift. So, as you are sitting there, you'll find out that there are a lot of good and perfect gifts that are flying all over your face, that are coming from God. Your millions, your billions, your health, your power, your prosperity, your blessings, they are flying all over your face. Your marriage, your relationship, your good friendship, your business, your associates, your colleagues, Everything that you always desire and that you dream of, they are flying all over your face. So if you operate in a chaos moment, it helps you to capture one of the things that are flying because of our, our time. We are not infinity, we are finite. So because we are finite, we cannot be able to catch everything that God is unto us. And we cannot name all of the blessings that God has given us in time because of our feelings. Adam was infinite. Why? Because Adam gave the grace and opportunity to access the mind of God. That's why when God presented all the animals and the earth unto Adam, Adam could name them. And his naming is the same up to this present day. Why? Because whenever he could do things, he had access. To embrace the access the mind of God. But you and me, we are not infinite. So we know things in might. And when the complaint comes, the Holy Spirit is there, we know everything. So revelation knowledge, it helps you now to have that infinite advantage to know things even before people know some of those things and name those blessings. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So Carlos moment, it helps you now to just pick things that you could not pick because of your finance. Pick things that you could, pick, you could not pick because of your limitations. A person who is infinite is someone who operates beyond the mental senses. You don't need your mind to know things, but you need God and the Holy Spirit to know things. So if you're operating in a chaos moment, the chaos moment gives you the opportunity to grasp the things. You walk out with two blessings from God. 
Then you come for another service. You walk out again with another blessing from God. You walk out again another Sunday. So by the end of the month, you then can count all your blessings. As I say, count all your blessings. How do I count my blessings if I cannot see, if I cannot actualize the blessings that God has given me? I can only count the blessings. Why? Because I'm not operating at the same pedestal, at the same paradigm with God's mind. Which means, whatever God throws on the 15th of August, October, rather, 2023, I will be protected pastor of all the things that He throws. I don't know if I can somebody this place. So if God is throwing favor and is throwing favor today, I will be in a position to capture another sense and capture the dimension of favor because I'm operating in the paradigm of God. Uh, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. Amen. That's why Apostle Paul said in the book of Acts, we find out that the Bible says he was taken and he said, take me to Caesar. I want to talk to Caesar for my trial. The Bible says they were put in a boat with a lot of prisoners and the captains of the boat, as they were selling the boat, the Bible says there was a tremendous storm that came, it rattled the boat, the boat was broken. But Apostle Paul, he had said to the people that were in the boat, let's fast for about 14 days. So as they were fasting, what Apostle Paul is trying to do is trying to, to create a condition, they collaborate himself for an atmosphere of chaos moment. He wanted to understand and to know what God is planning over his life. So the Bible says when the boat fasted, that difficult uh, situation that faced, Face Apostle Paul saying unto the, unto the captains of the boat and all the people that are in the boat, don't be afraid, be of good cheer. Why? Because the God that I worship stood with me tonight in a vision and said, even though the boat is going to be destroyed, no life, no life is going to be destroyed. But I want you to pick a plank, each and everyone, use that plank, sir until you get to freedom. So I want to prophesy my life that there may be some shipwreckings, life breakings, business breakings, marriage breakings in your life, but you're not going to die. Take a plank, sell to second with that plank. And the Bible says they all took a broken plank. You know, in life, if you are operating at a chaos moment, it doesn't matter how broken your life is. It doesn't matter how broken your mind, your spirit, and your heart is. You can be able to sell to safety. Someone can count your life, breaks your heart into different pieces. But because I'm operating in chaos moment, I can take the smallest, the tiniest piece of my heart and sell to safety. Someone can come to your life and propose a business. Then they do your money. But because I'm in a chaos moment, I'll take the remaining that I remained with, I can sell to safety, then I can create another business. That's why they can come back to you and say, how have you managed to break forth? Well, because when we did what we did to you, we thought that that was the end of your life. Number three element that controls revelation knowledge is the spirit of time. The spirit of time. So we have got the chronosy. This one is a chronometer. It measures time. Then we have got the chaosy, where you have got a moment where 
nothing hits you, then we've got the spirit time. When you're in the spirit time, you live in a continuous eternity. So nothing that is physical, nothing that is ephemeral can destroy you. You are in a continuous eternity. You enjoy God in every aspect of life. You enjoy the goodness of God. The Bible says, David said that I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. He was living in a continuous eternity. There are people that lived uh, like Enoch. The Bible says, Enoch walked in God and he was not forgot to kill. Why? Because Enoch was living in a continuous eternity. There are people like David. The Bible says, God said, I found a man after my own heart. And his name is called David. He lived in a continuous eternity. You look at uh, the disciples of Jesus Christ. The Bible says there was John. John was taken, placed at a prison at Patmos. The Bible says they put him in a big boiling pot that was, that was full of uh, oil. The Bible says they boiled, they boiled Apostle John. When they opened the pot, Apostle John was still alive. What was he was now living in a continuous eternity. Time could not govern the life of John. Death could not kill John. Why? Because John had surpassed him. The, uh, the elements of chromosy, the elements of chaos, he was now living in continuous eternity. The Bible speaks of Stephen. One particular time, the Bible says Stephen spoke about, 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 about uh, the Old Testament word that was spoken and spoke about Moses, he spoke about Abraham and the Jews. The Pharisees and the Sabbaths, they were not happy about his exposition because the man mentally and psychologically was very strong. The Bible said they took Stephen and they started to throw Stephen. What they were throwing Stephen, Stephen did not see death. But the Bible says he saw the heavens opening up. Why? Because Stephen now is operating in a continuous eternity. So the kingdom of God function, it functions in a hierarchical system. Come on, someone shout systems. It functions again in thrones. It functions in dominions. It functions in principalities. In fact, it functions in powers. So when the Bible is speaking about principalities that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, powers, virtues, thrones, and dominions, we are not fighting against the thrones of God or the domains of God. We are not fighting against the principles of God. We are not fighting against the powers of God. So the devil now manipulates the systems and the structure or the hierarchy of God. Then he simulates what God stands for. So if he knows that God has got domains, the devil now creates his own domains. If he knows that God has got principles, he then creates his own principles. If he knows that God has got angels as ministers of spiritism, he then devises and plus plans and conspiracies and to formulate his own systems through demonic angels. If he knows that our God is a God of hierarchs, he then stretches his own hierarchs. That's why the triple six is a hierarchy that the devil, Lucifer, stretched so that he simulates the structures of God. Then you find out that the principalities or the principles that Daniel is, is being uh, exposed to by Gabriel, that they are princes of Persia that intercepted your answer. Which means, Daniel, the day you ought to pray, your prayer was heard by God. But what was intercepted 
was the answer from coming to you by the princes of Asia that were in the demonic realm and dimensions. But you find out that as the angels are coming to Daniel, they are giving Daniel the information that is spiritually best. But when God now is coming through a vision, the Bible speaks to Daniel through Nebuchadnezzar. That Nebuchadnezzar had a statue that he saw, and that statue was interpreted by Daniel. So the interpretation of the statue was this, that you know, there are principles, systems, and structures in the heavenly places. There, are, there is going to be time when those structures, they are going to be interpolated on the physical ground. The Bible says, Daniel said unto Nebuchadnezzar, after you, Babylon, there is going to become Greece. And after Greece, there is going to come Medopatia. After Medopatia, there is going to come Rome. This were going to be satanic and demonic kingdoms that now simulates or mirrors what's happening in the realm of the spirit here. So for you to win a battle against uh, a Babylon, you are not supposed to fight with Babylon physically. You are supposed to engage your battle in the spirit realm. For you to win your battle against major pressure, you are not supposed to fight in the diamonds. You are not supposed to fight with all other kings that came. You are supposed to engage your battle in the realm of the spirit because these kingdoms were a representative of a hierarchy that is in the realm of the spirit. I don't know what that is in this So for you to win any battle against Nero, against Constantino, against Tiberius, against Julius Caesar, you were not supposed to fight them physically because these were demonic entities that were represented in the realm of the spirit. For you to win any battle against Herod, come on, somebody shout Herod. You are not supposed to go and attack Herod physically because Herod was a structure in the system that was coming from other structures and systems. So the devil now simulates and copies all these structures and systems. Because if you look at Herod, there were, there were, there were many Herod from the time the temple was first built by finished, the temple that was built by someone. You find out that there was Herod the Great, Herod the Tetrarch, Herod the uh, Philippine. All these Herods were a system that was already structured in the realm of the Spirit. So, as they are representing the realm of the Spirit, what we need to do now is engage our battle in the realm of the Spirit. That's why now Apostle Paul is saying now our battle is not physical, but our battle is spiritual. When I'm facing anything that is antagonistic, I need to move my concentration from the physical aspirations of things or motivation of things but i need to engage myself in a spiritual motivation of things so we we wish now shows us now that when we are dealing with the devil the devil tries to copy things that were already set by god to the extent that the church becomes the last institution to capture as we have never really operated and the opportunity to command the principalities and powers as it leads to angels to operate in our lives. What when the devil took that and whenever we speak and we make decrees, we cancel principalities, we cancel powers, but there are principalities that are waiting to be assigned by you. I think not ministering spirits, they are ministering spirits. So we are going to conclude with angelic beings as they exist in their ranks, in the heavenly places, all of them from the demonic side to the spiritual side. 
On the top of the list here, we are going to look at the seraphims. Come on, somebody shout seraphims. So seraphims, these are six-winged angels. Number one, they are all knowing these angels. Number two, number three, they emit absolute light. When you meet a seraphim, so which means when you are dreaming and an angel comes with absolute light, the indication or the uh, literature behind is that it may be a seraphim. So you find out that because of that, the devil is not his own that stimulates these seraphims. I don't know if I'm talking something in this place. Then, under, because this is the hierarchy. Under the seraphims, so at this side, you've got seraphims from the godly side. That means conspiracy. Then from this side, we have seraphims that represents the demonic world. That ministers on behalf of the devil. These are the ones that assign strong men in our lives. These are the ones that makes us to operate under a demonic and a satanic system. Then under seraphims, we have got cherubims. Come on, somebody shout cherubims. And yet, above them, at Eden, the Bible says, after Adam and Eve were chased out of Eden, two serpents were sent with the flaming souls so that they protect and guide Eden. So these are from God. Then the devil, Satan, Lucifer, he has got his own hierarchical system of cherubims. So that's why sometimes when an angel appears to you, you don't need to kneel very quickly and submit yourself in your spirit. You must have revelation knowledge to know what kind of an angel is this. Come on, somebody shout revelation knowledge. Then under that, there is what we call stars of light. Come on, somebody shout stars of light. Stars of light. Stars of light. So we have got stars of light from God's side. Then we have got stars of darkness that represents the kingdom of Lucifer. Under stars of light, we have got thrones that represents God. Then on this side, we have got thrones that represent the devil. That's why the Bible says we wrestle against thrones. These are the thrones. But on the thrones of God, they are on our side. So which means we wrestle against the thrones of the devil. I must engage the thrones of God. So I must have revelation knowledge on how to activate the thrones of God so that they work with me as I get to the thrones of the enemy. I must have the grace to activate the thrones which are angels of God to war on behalf of me or with me against the demonic thrones that are fighting my life. Under thrones we've got dominions from God's side. At my other side, we have got dominions that represents and works for Lucifer. Here we've got angels that works for God. And the leader of those angels is Michael. Then on this side, we have got angels that are demonic and satanic in the demonic world. Here we've got principalities. Come on, somebody shout principalities. So from today onwards, when you hear the word principality, don't just look at it and treat it with negativity. Because whenever somebody speaks of principality, we know the principality that Apostle Paul said we must fight against him. Treat them with a liberty so that you know that they are principalities. 
that are working for you, that when you engage any battle against any principality, this one they breaks you. This one they give you energy. That's why I was saying that with God, you are not a minority, you're a majority. So when those principalities come to bet you, you become a majority and you win your battles. Then under the principalities, we have the powers, which are angels of God. Then from this side, we have the powers that are demonic, satanic and cantankerous, as the Bible would say, that uh, Jesus Christ, before he went, he fought against the principalities and powers. The Bible says, in the book of Colossians 2, 15, he disarmed the principalities and powers from demonic side, not from his side. So when he disarmed these principalities' powers, he was in, 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 in work and in consultation with the principalities that are working on this side, and the Bible says that were arranged against us and made boldly display in public example. So under powers, we've got ministering spirits. There are angels that are just ministering spirits, and you find out that Gabriel is part and parcel of those angels. Then we've got ministering spirits that are demonic ministering spirits that ministers and whispers to us. The Bible says, Peter, he said unto Jesus Christ that you ain't gonna die. As long as I'm alive, you're not going to be crucified. And Jesus Christ said unto Peter, Far be it from you. Get off behind, behind me, devil. Why? Because these administrative spirits, they were whispering, ministering in the ears of Peter. So the decision that Peter was going to make, it looked like a perfect and a good decision, but it was influenced by ministering spirits. Come on, somebody shout ministering spirits. On this side, we've got flames and channels of fire. The side of God, we have got flames and chambers of fire. You saw Elijah was taken by flames and chambers of fire. These are angels again in the side of God. Then we have got here in the demonic world. These are flames and chambers of fire that works for the devil. Then under flames and chambers of fire, we have got choirs of angels. Come on, somebody shout choirs of angels. Then on this side again, we have got another hierarchy of choirs of angels that represents the devil and that works for the devil so that they put our life in a difficult, bad and satanic trajectory. And the choirs of angels, we have got rulers of darkness of this world. Then on the side of God, we have got rulers of light of this world. So there are angels that are called rulers of light of this world, and there are demonic angels that are called rulers of darkness. Come on, somebody shout, rulers of light, rulers of darkness. So under rulers of darkness, we have got spiritual holiness in high places. Spiritual holiness in high places. Then on this side, we have got spiritual wickedness in high places. So when the Bible says we fight against the spiritual wickedness in high places, it's not only the devil who has got those spiritual structures. God has got spiritual holiness in high places. Angels, that represent God. Then we have got familiar spirits in the kingdom of the devil. We have got now demonic spirits under the hierarchy of God. So godly angels in their ranks now Subtracting demonic angels, seraphims, 
cherubims and thrones. So we have got a seraphim here. Then a cherubim here. So here there's a seraphim, a cherubim, and a throne. Three tire. So all the angels of God are in three tire. The seraphim at the center, the cherubim at the right, then the throne at the left. What are thrones? Thrones, these are different gigantic angels according to their functions and levels. These are called thrones. That's why you find out that there are angels that you see in a vision and in a dream that are gigantic, that are so astronomical in terms of stature. Know that these are thrones. Before even you come and say, Prophet, I've seen this, these are called the thrones. They are so gigantic. They are so huge in their stature. These uh, fragments, we spoke about them. These are six-winged angels, all-knowing. Therefore, strange, absolute lights in them. They are admitted to. Then from there, we have got now beneath the seraphim, throne, and cherubim. Beneath them, we have got powers. So powers are here. Then we've got virtues here, and we've got dominions here. Powers, virtues, dominions. Powers, virtues, dominions. There is always a great higher. So when the throne of God is like here, power is standing here. Then a virtue is here, and a dominion is here. Beneath or below now, the powers, the virtues, and the dominions, we have got the archangels, archangel, principalities, and angels. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. Archangel. So it's a great higher. That's the heart of God. So these uh, angels, they were set according to their functionality so that they undo the works of the enemy. They undo the structures and the system of the devil. The devil is a liar. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in this place. So when you are dealing now with our climates, spheres, and dimensions, we have now to be aware of the presence of angels. You can never operate in a climate. You can never operate in an atmosphere or in a dimension without being aware of angels. For you to say my atmosphere has been acclimatized to my blessings, be aware of angels operating around your life. If God is going to touch your atmosphere, and if God is going to change the pattern and trajectory of your life, you've got to be aware of the angels in your life. God said, and they do not minister and service to you. So in this battle that you are in, you are not alone. God is on your side with his angels. Power is on your side with God's angels, virtues. They are on your side. That's why now the Bible says, no weapon fashioned against you that shall prosper. Why? Because you are not alone. You may feel as if you are alone sometimes when you are in a situation. I don't know if I'm somebody in this place. You may feel as if God has let you down. But I'm here to tell you that you are not alone in this battle. I'm here to tell you that in this battle, her face is breaking you. If you are going to make it in this life, I want you to have revelational knowledge. And that revelational knowledge is going to help you to win battles that are going to fight. A battle that the devil is going to cause. I'm going to 
life. Know that heaven is begging you, power is begging you, angels are begging you. That's why the Bible says, No weapon function against me that shall prosper. In every handwriting of accusation against me, it shall be loved, it shall be silenced, not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit, by your energy. In this season, you are going to excel as if the devil does not exist. You are going to experience the power of God and capture these possibilities. He's going to shift the dimension that are operating under. If the devil has taken your life and put it at ransom and has taken you to become a hostage, God has assigned me to tell you that no weapon found against you that shall prosper. And every handwriting that was speaking against you, God took it off your way and he nailed it upon the cross. So you have to thank God because of the power of the cross. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, it was not about the blood and what only, but he was dealing with every negative world that was spoken against you by demons, by ancestors, all that were speaking against your life. They were dealt with by God, they are prophesied by life. Any spirit that has been manipulating your life, manipulating your business, I'm going to tell you that it's not going to work. Any demon that has changed the trajectory of your life, that has made your life to go and take a downward spiral, I'm going to tell you that there's going to be a rising up. Bible says that when the same conspiracy, you got to say there's going to be deliverance in my life. When they say there's a casting down, that shall say there is a lifting up. I'm reminded of the Israelites when they were under the subjection of Pharaoh. The Bible says they stayed in Egypt for 300 years, not knowing what will happen in their lives. They prayed unto God, called unto God by things that God was fighting. But it came a time when God said unto Moses, I have heard the crying of my people and have seen the affliction. Now I come down that I may deliver my people. I prophesy over your life this morning that God is sending his angels that they may deliver you. He said unto Joshua, Joshua, in this battle I am for you. What you need to do is to believe me, be courageous, be of good cheer, be of good heart. Why? Because I'm going to fight this battle for you, Joshua. Do I have Joshua's in this house? That I say, I'm sick and tired of fighting my battles alone. God said that be courageous. He said, I'm to Jehoshaphat. I know that this battle is so astronomical. And the devil and his channels are coming against you. But God said, I'm to Jehoshaphat. That in this battle, Jehoshaphat, you don't need to fight. What you need to do is to just lift up and praise me. If you are going to lift up and praise me, bless of heaven, I'm going to join you, Joseph. And the Bible says, what Joseph was saying, the God of heaven started to fight Joseph's battle. What you need to do, children, because sometimes when they come across things and truth, you don't need to fight you, you don't need to cry. I love God to fight your battles. We'll be fighting our battles, we'll be doing everything with our own ability. But God is saying that enough is enough. 
shed blood. If I'm talking to somebody in this place, we wrestle against powers, we wrestle against principalities, we wrestle against flesh and blood, antis and uncles, but we fight against strong, we fight against dominions, we fight against principalities, we fight against powers, we fight against flames of chambers of fire from the divine world. We fight against prayers of divine angels. We fight against fears of darkness. We fight against spiritual weakness. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. If I took into somebody in this place, we fight against familiar spirit. We fight against demonic spirit. So your battle is not against your boss, it's not against what is happening in your life. Your battle is against demonic and satanic That's why 
from the side the Bible says that greater is me that is in you but the one that is in the world and the apostle Paul said my God shall supply all your needs according to his glory and which is that I is glory Jesus Christ so God is supplying you the victory so that you become more than a conqueror I told you I told you to somebody this message Yeah. <laughs> 
I see what I wish. I can't, I can't, I can't find a black wish. I command you to die right now. 
Wait up, 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 wait up. I tell you, come on, somebody. He's on the horse. You shall go back to go back to. Yes, our answer is better. 
praying for a police out of the town. We'll be praying for a village out of the town. Right on, right on, right on, right on. Right on, right on, right on. Right on, right on. We'll be praying for a breakthrough out of the police sector. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Hey, come on. Can I test the projection? That is in the second of Antis. I prophesy. Let Antis come down right now. Yeah. <laughs> 